0: Hello friends, today I'm talking about John, chapter 18, verses 28 to 19, verse 30. A bit of a longer section today, but I I wanted to go this long for a reason. Um, This is where Jesus is taken before Pontius Pilate, and is sort of the heart of his trial before you know, that he, he has, he's not before a jury of his peers or anything like that, but he's before, uh, Pilate. Um, and this, this deals with the entire section. That entire conversation doesn't break that up between, uh, what Jesus and Pilate talk about. And then how how Pilate interacts with the mob, the growing mob that is angry and is wanting, uh, Jesus to be killed. And Pilate is, um, a little, I guess maybe frantic, maybe uh worried and scared, and Jesus is the calm one in this narrative, which is I think interesting. So we that that sort of comes out uh in um when you read the whole thing. So let's dive in and stick with this uh, really important and central piece of John's gospel. So starting at John 18, 28. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas. So he's already been before Caiaphas and been before Annas and now to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? So this is interesting right here is that um, to go into Pilate's headquarters, who is a Gentile, not supposed to associate with Gentiles, that would bring ritual defilement, apparently, and they wouldn't be able to celebrate the Passover. Um, so they just send, send Jesus in, right? Um, and so then Pilate comes out to them, I guess probably stands at a distance. Um, and what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal we would not have handed him over to you. <laughs> what a great response, right? So they're not taking responsibility for, you know, initially they're not taking responsibility for what charge they're bringing. Um, they're just saying, look, he's a criminal. That's why we're handing him over to you. Just deal with it. Just take care of this. We He needs to be dealt with. Um. And then verse 31, Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews replied, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. All right. So it's really clear, Pilate, you need to exercise your right to execute someone. Um, This person's a criminal. We've decided According to our law, we can't actually kill him. So make it legal, you do it. That's that's what's happening here. Okay, verse 33. So so Pilate has gone out to talk to the the leadership of um of the religious establishment and the Jewish establishment, right? Now he goes back into the headquarters. So verse thirty-three, and you'll notice in this whole section. Pilate is moving between inside the headquarters where he's talking to Jesus and then outside of his headquarters where he's talking to the religious authorities or the crowd. And he just kind of moves back and forth between those two places um, to have these different conversations. Verse 33 Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Uh, now here, it's interesting because Pilate doesn't get that in the previous scene with the authorities, right? He, um, he got no information from them, it seems. So has Pilate already heard about him or did others tell him? And, and Jesus' question is a, is a good one, right? Um, we're left with that question even as the reader. Uh, but Pilate replies, verse 35, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? So it seems that maybe Pilate has heard about Jesus, that he has heard that people have been calling him the king of the Jews. Um, And yet, here, his own people, from Pilate's perspective, have handed him over to be killed. And so Pilate is maybe genuinely questioning what have you done? Jesus answered. verse 36, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Because he said all along, his kingdom is from heaven. Pilate asked him, verse 37, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this I was born, And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Uh, Really interesting that when Pilate says, so you are a king, Jesus just says, you say that I am a king, as in people. People are saying that, right? Um, But is Jesus claiming that he's a king? Well, he he is in a sense, right? He's talking about his kingdom not being from this world, but here in in this conversation with Pilate, he that he kind of points to how that can sort of be misleading because when we think about kings, we might have a particular kind of idea in our mind, like the ruler who's going to be established, who's going to maybe provide protection for his subjects, but also can sort of do what he wants and, um, you know, order people around and uh, collect taxes and uh, fight wars, all those sorts of things. Um, and so Jesus says, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. You say I'm a king. Yeah, I'm fine. But, but this is what I was born for. And this is what I came into the world for is to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth. Listens to my voice, and then verse 38, we get the famous question Pilate asked him, What is truth? and then, same verse, after he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. Uh, now it Pilate is asking a rhetorical question when he asks, What is truth? he's not actually asking Jesus, like, he's not actually saying, Um. You know, here, uh please explain to me what, what truth is. Um, he's he's basically asking like a pretty postmodern sort of question. Ah, eh, truth is relative. Like what is truth? Um, that's sort of what he's saying. And Jesus is saying, like uh he said before, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the truth, or everyone who belongs to the truth listens to his voice. And Pilate's saying, I think You can't even know what that is. Like there is when you when he asks what is truth, it's almost like saying there really isn't any truth. Like there's my truth, there's your truth, whatever. Like that's I mean, maybe, maybe Pilate isn't like that postmodern. Um, but I think he is really just caught up in this situation of I, I don't think he wants to be dealing with this situation, and he just wants to continue to. Hold his power and keep the the balance of power the way it is in his world, and uh, this is um, threatening as well to to Pilate, and yet he comes still, and he says, "I find no case against him. Like I can't I can't put him to death. There's he hasn't doesn't seem like he's done anything wrong. He's just he's talking about the truth and being <laughs> and being born to come in to testify to the truth. Like I can't really." I can't really sentence him to death for that, but then Pilate continues in verse thirty-nine, addressing uh, the crowd. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Uh, so th- yeah, this was a this was a custom that a, a prisoner um, that's um, someone who's been taken in can be released and pardoned at Passover, sort of as a, a gesture of goodwill to the Jewish people. And he says, "Do you want me to release?" For you, the King of the Jews, right? And it's great how he calls him that, um, as in, is he your king? Like, do you do you want uh, me to release the king, your king? And they shouted in reply, "Not this man, but Barabbas." Now, Barabbas was a bandit. So interesting. Uh, Pilate says, "Do you want me to release for you your king?" And they shout, "Not this man!" And over and over, Jesus has been pointing to the reality that yes, he's a man, but he's also the I am. That he is that he's God with them. That um, the real king of the Jews is actually God. And when we look in Israel's tradition, which is really fascinating, is that when when Israel first asked for a king, like if we go back to before uh, Saul, um, before King David, and uh, Samuel was was the prophet who was also the the judge who was essentially leading Israel, and the people asked for a king, and God's response to that was was kind of like, "No, you don't you don't want a king. A king is not a good situation. And besides, uh, am I not enough for you? Like I, I, I'm your king. Like God is king, and." So, the, the king of Israel is actually God. The king of the Jews is actually God. And here we find um, that that is true in Jesus. Um, so, that's kind of, anyway, kind of an aside, but interesting. So, they ask for Barabbas, the bandit, to be released. And then uh, we get into the next chapter, into chapter 19. And uh, Pilate, it says, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And so, um, he finds no case against him, but he's still going to go ahead. And, um, and hopefully he's thinking at this point, if I, if I beat him, if I have him beaten, then maybe that'll be satisfying, right? Like that they, they have some problem with this guy, um, who everyone's talking about as the King of the Jews. Maybe I can just do that and then. Um, and, and, and that, and that'll satisfy this crowd. Um, then the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his, on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him saying, hail King of the Jews and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, here is the man. All right. So we often don't take time to reflect too much on this other than like on Good Friday, uh, where we're very focused on um, the suffering of, of Christ and his death and also our own sin and complicity. Uh, but some of the details of this story are really interesting. It seems that actually what's happening, it's really clear when the soldiers are dressing Jesus in a purple robe and also this crown of thorns, that this is them mocking Jesus, right? It's it, it's they're insulting him. They're making fun of him. And it seems that maybe that's what Pilate is also doing in a way that um, when he comes and says, do you want me to release the king of the Jews? It's actually a mockery that when um and also with the soldiers like it's maybe not just a mockery of Jesus but also a mockery of the Jewish people like you're not you can't really have a king right you, your king is actually caesar so you know your your king is reduced to this and um and so pilate has him beaten he gets dressed up in this mock Uh, robe and this mock crown Um, and Pilate brings him out dressed like that and says I still says again I find no case against him he's basically saying look if you're talking people are saying this man's the king of the Jews that's clearly not true like look look at this man how is this a threat right he's 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 a madman maybe or he's you know but he like we all know we can tell we could see that he's not he's not this threat this is what pilot would be saying right here is the man right it, like there's no there's no case and look it's like it's a mockery right um but then verse six like the the crowd is insistent. When the chief priests and the police saw him, so we're getting like the top officials, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. The Jews answered him, we have a law and according to that law, he ought to die because he has claimed to be the son of God. Oh, in verse eight. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again. And so here, like, Pilate keeps going back and forth inside the headquarters, outside to talk to the crowds, right? And now he's gone back again. Entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So right now, it's gone from, I've heard that this guy is claiming to be the king of the Jews. We can sort of make a mockery of that. Like, clearly... The only king, really, is the Roman emperor, and I'm, in, I'm here as his representative, essentially. That's Pilate's point of view. But now the crowd is shouted out, he has to die because he's claimed to be the son of God. Now, Pilate is not afraid because he's afraid of the God of the Jewish people. That's, that's not what he's afraid about, right? He's afraid because son of God was actually a title that was claimed by Caesar. Okay. So he's not just, this Jesus is not someone who's just claiming to be, you know, a king to this, this annoying people. Like that's Pilate's perspective. Oh, he's, he's directly challenging the Roman emperor. Okay. What's, what's really going on here? And then, so he goes and asks, like, where are you from? This is, this is the question of John. Like, Where where are you from? We know the answer to that question. Jesus has, has said over and over again where he's from. He's from heaven. He's from the Father. He's been sent by the Father. But he doesn't give Pilate an answer. And so we get into verse 10. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From that, from then on, Pilate tried to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. And this plays right into Pilate's fears. Right, So Pilate's afraid of the emperor. He's afraid of... The, the Roman emperor, um, the Roman King, he's not afraid of Jesus, but and he's not really afraid of the Jewish people. Uh, he has full control over all of that. But in this scene, we find that Jesus is calmly just engaging with Pilate and Pilate, um, it, it feels stuck or is afraid. And, um, And the crowd is getting riled up and uh and here and here it is like you the the crowd is saying to Pilate you need to release him or you're not a friend of the emperor right Uh, so verse 13 Pilate when Pilate heard these words he brought Jesus out outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the stone pavement or in Hebrew Gabbatha now it was the day of preparation for the Passover and it was about noon He said to the Jews, here is your king. So he keeps trying, right? Is he mocking or is he trying, right? Um, I think he is mocking, but I think the mockery is meant to uh, have the people think about how ridiculous it all is. Um, How, from Pilate's perspective, that this is, um, here's your king, like, look at him how can this be a problem? Like, you having a king is really meaningless. Like, that's sort of Pilate's point of view. What is truth, right? Um, But they cried out, verse 15, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate asked them, shall I crucify your king? And then finally, we read, the chief priests answered, we have no king but the emperor. And then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So it gets pushed right to the point where the religious authorities are saying, we have no king but the emperor, instead of saying, we have no king but God. So they've actually shifted from originally saying like, this is a problem because he's claiming to be the son of God, that's blasphemy, we, we only have one God, it can't be him, they, that, that's sort of a theological argument they've made, but now the truth really comes out, <laughs> um, where actually no, our allegiance is only to the emperor, to the point that we will crucify this one who is actually the true ruler, the true king, And so that's the setup for what happens. That's where our reading ends for today. Um, Again, so many connections going on. One other thing that I did want to mention here. There's just this little um, bit where it's talking about uh, the time frame. So when it says, um, now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. um, Just this tiny detail that John just puts in here. It was about noon. Why? Why put in it was about noon? Well, we find in John's gospel that um, things happen, some things happen, and John points out it was night. And some things happen, and John points out it was day. Or if you want to go even farther with the day metaphor, you say it was noon, like high noon, um, the, the sunniest part of the day the warmest part of the day, um, as far opposite from night as we can. So it's quite interesting that he points out it was noon. He could have just not pointed it out, right? But he points out it was noon. We find other places where John points out it was noon or day is when Jesus has a conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. And um, that one is about noon as well. Uh, he points out that it's night when Jesus has this conversation with Nicodemus, who comes in the cover of night. And he's a sort of the secret uh, questioner he was a Pharisee as well. And they have one of the most important conversations. So those that's chapter three. The Samaritan woman is chapter four. So those are kind of back to back. And um, one of them is night and one of them is noon. These two conversations where one is with a, a Pharisee and he doesn't really quite get it right and those that's sort of the representation of the opponents even though Nicodemus is somewhat redeemed we'll see when we get to he comes back into the story at the very end um and then John chapter four is like how much of an outsider can we find a Samaritan a woman and she becomes like the first evangelist to tell the good news so that's like one is under night and one is during the day Then here, the last time we just had uh, night was when Judas went out. Um, So Jesus predicted Judas's betrayal. um, And the very end of that story ends with, and it was night. Um, So Judas runs out and it says out of, out of uh, essentially the last supper. And the phrase is, and it was night. And then here we get, here's the moment of decision where for sure, Jesus is going to be crucified. And it was about noon. It was the middle of the day. The moment that seems like the moment of the greatest darkness is actually the moment that is going to be the moment of the greatest light. So pretty fascinating stuff in John's gospel where he uses these images to play off against one another. All right. I promised this was a bit of a longer one today. Um, Tomorrow uh, if you're following this live in real time tomorrow, I'm not able to do one, uh, tomorrow morning. So we're going to be skipping a day and, uh, might be back the day after, or might be back next week. So just watch for it when it comes. Uh, hopefully it'll be soon in the next, uh, couple of days or next week. And, uh, thanks for joining again today. Take care.